The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the third straight week, it was Kyle Busch in victory lane winning the Richmond night race before taking the celebration to the people. Busch boldly venturing into the crowd to exchange some high fives with his fans. An unexpected move, but not necessarily an unexpected win from the driver who started the night back in 32nd place. Hi, everybody. Welcome into NASCAR America, presented by Mobile One. Carolyn Mano with you and joined from Burton's Garage by our Hall of Famer, Dale Jarrett, and our crew chief, Steve Letarte. And we're going to get to them in just a moment. But first, let's take a look at the top 10 from Richmond over the weekend. It is Monster Energy Series win number 46 for Kyle Busch. Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, and Kevin Harvick completing the top five. And Jimmy Johnson recovered from being a lap down early on to finish in sixth. After the race, Bush spoke with Dave Burns. He does it again and again and again. Three in a row again for Kyle Busch. But I wasn't sure at the beginning of the day if that was the winning race car. Were you? Um, I mean, the first run was pretty good. We had a great car there that first run, being able to work our way up through the field from 32nd. I think we got up to 8th or 10th or something like that. So, um, you know, really good job there. Um, good handling car there. And then the rest of the day, you know, we were just kind of biding our time and trying to make sure that we had good long run speed and not trying to rush anything too early in the runs. And, um, you know, the, the, the 41 and the, um, the 14 and the 4, they were really good on the long runs. They kind of had us beat there in that regard if it was an 80-lap run to the end, you know. But um, still, there, those last two runs of the race were really good for us. My guys did an amazing job on pit road getting us out first. And that short run speed certainly worked for us today. Yeah, you really needed those cautions at the end to come because that was where your car was best. Yeah, it was. You know, um, when, when Truex was leading and he was out there a little bit, I was kind of trying to push as hard as I could, and I was over-pushing a little bit and uh, maintaining ground. I don't think I was losing any, but then uh, those last two cautions, just getting out front, getting out first, and uh, having that clean air was where it was at. So much Richmond success, Kyle. How was this one different than the past? Um, I think this one was just a little bit less confident in the car, and um, and more confident in, in our team and our abilities as, as a race team these last three weeks and just having momentum on our side, you know. Um, you just got to be smart about it. You got to be methodical about it. And we kind of did that tonight, I felt like. And we didn't push it when we didn't need to push it. And we did when we did. So with nine races complete, Kyle Busch has taken the top seed in the Monster Energy Series playoff standings. Richmond also saw a shakeup on the bubble. Jimmy Johnson and William Byron have moved into the top 16, pushing out Ryan Newman and Paul Menard. We're going to have more on Jimmy Johnson in a little bit and some of the other top finishers. But, DJ, you heard Kyle Busch say that it was a team effort, and that was something that was echoed on the radios after the win, praising the whole entire group. Three straight now for Kyle Busch. Where do we begin today? <laughs> well, let's uh, talk like we did after Texas that, you know, this young man is outstanding. He gets the job done on every type of racetrack. And uh, that conversation is going to just have to continue, as I said, after that Texas race, that this is one of the best race drivers that we've seen in the Cup Series. And I mean forever. And, and the, uh, something else that he did this weekend that when I think about the seven-time champions that we have in Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt Sr., and Jimmy Johnson, they take race cars that aren't the best cars on that particular night, as in this case, 
and they win races with those. Not everybody can do that. Matter of fact, a lot of us had trouble taking the best car and winning races with it whenever you know you had that opportunity. So I think Kyle Busch is just outstanding. But what he talks about uh, as far as a team effort, they did everything right. They don't make many mistakes, uh, very few mistakes on pit road. The pit crew is always spot on. They give him a good opportunity to win the race. And yes, he did need this short run because those Fords were better in the longer run. But Steve, we were talking about before the show something that I think is very important, and that's his crew chief, Adam Stevens. Yep. Since they have become partners there, uh, they've been really, really good. Yeah, there's some sort of just air of confidence within the team. You mentioned Kyle's ability to win at every racetrack, and he can do it from the road courses to the speedways to the short tracks. Behind the wheel, there's no doubt he could do it. But over time, while his pit crew has been solid, we have seen ups and downs, either whether emotion, if the car is not right, and he let that get to him. It would carry through an entire weekend. But now with Adam Stevens, if you look at his numbers with Adam Stevens, they're unreal. There's some uncanny relationship between the two, whether it was coming back from the injury, but even if you look back before injury, they were so dominant in the Xfinity series that even starting 32nd at Richmond, there was never panic. Like, you heard him right there. Well, actually, Dave, it was a pretty good run. We went from 32nd to 8th. Race car drivers don't want to go from 32nd to 8th. They don't want to be anywhere near in the, there in the field. But he has just comfort with his team, and it shows with results on the racetrack. So the question I have is, how are you going to beat the 18? Right? I mean, where is the weakness? Where are you going to pick them apart? As a former crew chief, I always like to try to pick apart my competition, and I'm struggling to find the weakness in this 18 team. Yeah, I think if there's anything that you look at, it's probably coming up this next weekend where he hasn't been the outstanding and dominant driver on the plate tracks. But everywhere else, you've got to make him the favorite right now. And, you know, I know it's easy to say just because he's won three in a row, but uh, yeah, I think they have a lot more wins coming this year. I, I think that he, Kevin Harvick, and, and even Truex, even though he doesn't have as many wins as those two, of course, they've won six of the nine, so <laughs> there's not a lot there to, to have at that. But uh, when you look at those teams, they're the ones that you have to look at if you're going to challenge for this championship. Yeah, and something different, Carolyn, is, you know, in years past, early success would concern you because that's momentum you would have to carry for the entire year. But in this point system, let's not forget, 17 playoff points. So that means his success early will be rewarded through the entire playoffs. That's a major change from five or ten years ago when you and I raced for yeah. championships. This point system truly is different. We saw Truex last year. He had ten points through this point in the season, and that carried him all the way, not to the championship, but definitely into the final round, which yeah. helped him. Kevin Harvick had, would have even more if he didn't have the penalty, and Kyle Busch already has 17. So early success will be rewarded all year. So, Steve, when you look at this three-race winning streak and you look at NASCAR in the modern era and the drivers that have been able to accomplish that, Kyle Busch has done it during two different seasons, 2015 and 2018, along with Kevin Harvick and Joey Logano. What does this tell you about the future, especially because you bring up Adam Stevens and JGR extending their manufacturing partnership? I mean, this is a driver that is built for lasting success, no? I'll be honest, Carolyn, when you said 46 wins, I looked down and checked my notes. I said, there's no way he's won 46 races. I mean, 10 or 20 wins at the cup level is an extraordinary career. But when you start getting north of 40 wins, the amount of drivers that have done that are so few that Kyle Busch is really starting to stretch his legs out over the competition. And and I really believe I don't think of 46 wins because he's only put one championship with that, which is one more than I've won. Don't, Don't get me wrong. But you start comparing him to people with multiple championships. And I think that's really where his career is going to answer your question, Carolyn, is I think you're looking at a 70, 80, 90 race winner with a three- or four-time champion if everyone can just stay healthy. Because right now the crew chief is on board, the manufacturer's on board, the driver's on board, and he's still so young to have 46 wins. Yeah, I think that it's just a matter of 
how much and how long Kyle Busch wants to drive these race cars as to how many wins he's going to get. Because you look at, you know, I said after the Texas deal, if he wins four races a year, well, heck, he's at three and we just barely got this thing started. So I think that he definitely is looking in that, uh, that 90 uh, win range, and it's just amazing what he's able to accomplish. And uh, But keeping everybody together, you know, we've seen that be the difficult thing, but Joe Gibbs understands how good teamwork is and keeping those right people in the right places. Yeah, we always mention Jimmy Johnson and Chad Canales and Lowe's, their sponsorship, and now we're starting to see a really special partnership being developed between Kyle Busch and Adam Stevens. Because we're talking about Johnson, we are going to mention him a little bit later in the show. Steve's going to tell you how that team is doing more with less so far this season, and the results are starting to show last week in a good indication. But up next, Joey Logano had the speed to contend Saturday night, picking up a top-five finish at Richmond. We're going to hear from him as well as runner-up Chase Elliott next on NASCAR America. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection, proven protection for 20,000 miles. From beneath the twin spires of Churchill Downs, the race for the Triple Crown begins with the most exciting two minutes in sports. We hope you're with us for the Kentucky Derby. It is the first Saturday in May on NBC and NBCSN. I am finalizing my hat as we speak. I cannot wait for that. Meantime, let's get back to the horsepower at Richmond. Good runs, good finishes for Joey Logano and Chase Elliott. Dave Burns has more on their nights. Well, Richmond is over, but the result is the same as the last two races. Kyle Busch in victory lane again on a night that had a whole lot of green flag racing to start. Tonight we were uh, struggling. I felt just the way our car was driving, it wasn't like I wanted it to drive. We didn't really deserve to, to run second. I didn't feel like from a pace standpoint, but from a pit stop standpoint and in the circumstances and the way things played, the way things played out. Uh, we ended up in, in decent shape, so we just don't need to let the results, uh, you know, hinder our efforts and moving forward. It's great to see the speed in the Shell Pennzoil Ford we had today, um, not only on the short run but on the long run uh, there at the end. So it was, um, I'm proud of the effort. Uh, just wish we can redo it. I think we can do a better job if we were to redo it and, and make a couple different uh, changes, and, and I can do a couple different things too. So, you know, overall, um, you know. We did a good job, just we're not first, so never, never happy without winning. Yeah, Richmond still a bit vexing for Joey Logano, but seemingly not as harsh as it was to him last year. But Joey, just one of the many drivers who struggled to try to get it done tonight at Richmond. Our thanks to Dave Burns for that report. So, DJ, you hear Joey Logano essentially say he hopes to replicate the speed and performance. Is that an indication to you that maybe they're still searching for what they need? Yeah, I don't think they're quite there. And I think that's kind of what I got from uh, his language there, uh, his posture after the race. He was excited that they had a good run, but he knows that they're capable of more. But they're just not quite there yet. They're not where the Stuart Haas Fords are uh, at this point in time. Even though he, he got a better finish than they did, I just don't think they have that speed that they're looking for at this point. Great long-run car, but I think he has to be satisfied if he goes back and thinks everything that took place after this race last year and where he is right now, I know he's extremely excited uh, about the prospects of the future and races to come for them. So they're they're on their way to getting back to victory lane, I believe. Hey, disappointed with a fourth? That's what I'm looking for to Joey Logano and this team because last year they would have been excited with a fourth. As you mentioned, yeah. it was a very deep valley that I think they're ready to put behind them. I think they've done a nice job of putting behind them. 2018, 
They've showed up prepared. I don't think they've had winning race cars. They haven't let that deter their effort. Yeah. And their effort alone is what got them consistently inside the top 10 this year. And Chase Elliott, Steve, continuing to be the bridesmaid here. Another runner-up finish. Just cannot find that win. Yes, Carolyn, but this second-place finish at Richmond is the perfect example of how stats don't tell all of the story. If you go back to Dover, a race that I feel Chase Elliott should have won, ended up second to Kyle Busch, that was a disappointing day. That was a, a crushing defeat. Fast forward to Richmond, DJ. This 24 car was anything really but good. They ran in the top five for just under 90 laps. They're only a top two for a couple laps. So to kind of weasel their way into a second, which we all have to do at times. You have to. As a professional athlete, your job is to get the most out of whatever you have. I think Chase Elliott got way better than he could have ever imagined with this 24 car. And I think that will take the pressure off when he does have a winning car. When you could start to run in the top five with a disappointing car, maybe that will take the pressure off. I like how he sent that little message. I just want to make sure everybody knows we weren't that good. But I'm sure Alan Gustafson already had that in his notes, and I think the 24 would just continue to improve. Yeah, and I think that's something they have to do. As we talked about Kyle Busch taking a car that wasn't the best and winning with it, well, Chase Elliott had a car that wasn't a second-place car. It was a good top-five car, but now we're seeing where they were had winning cars and second-place cars and finishing outside the top five. So he's going in the right direction. Carolyn, he's my pick to win this weekend at Talladega. Okay, I, I was thinking about putting him in my fantasy team, so I'm glad to hear you say that. I feel like he's so close. Um, 48 team, we're talking about speed. They have not had the speed that most fans expect, but they have been finding other ways to get good finishes. A full breakdown from Steve of their efforts and what it may mean moving forward when NASCAR America comes back. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Welcome back. A look at what else is happening in racing. Christopher Bell held off Noah Gradson to win Friday night's Xfinity Series race at Richmond. Elliott Sadler finished third, but that was enough to give him the 100000 in the Xfinity Dash for cash. And Joseph Newgarden won the Verizon IndyCar Series race at Barber Motorsports Park, which was completed today after torrential rain on Sunday. It is Newgarden's third win in Alabama in the last four years. Newgarden actually won two weeks ago at Phoenix, but since then, a lot has happened at ISM Raceway. The track undergoing a major renovation, totaling almost $180 million. Some big demo going down out there, but everything should be complete by the time the NASCAR playoffs roll around. In November. Meantime, back to Saturday's cup race, which ended with four cautions in the final 48 laps. And speaking of the 48, those yellows gave Jimmy Johnson a chance to get back on the lead lap and make a late charge to finish in sixth place. So Jimmy finished third the previous week at Bristol, Steve. Why do you think that we have seen consecutive top tens for the first time since Dover and Charlotte last October from the 48? I think very clearly Jimmy Johnson and Chad Canales have figured out a way to do more with less. And so I'm going to give everyone the secret. The secret of Jimmy Johnson for the last 10 years. The fastest race car with the best race car driver. That was their secret. And that's how they won at least six of their seven championships was the best race car. And I think when you're that good for so long and Chad Canales could set up race cars that talented for so long, Dale, you perhaps don't build the skill set of running a lap down. You don't build the skill set of racing a lap down. That's different than running on the lead lap or, or a pit strategy to win the race. So think about this. For 260 laps in the Richmond race, Jimmy Johnson was not on the lead lap. 
So for almost two-thirds of that race, he was a lap down. Yet he found a way to continue to battle, continue to fight Chad Knauss. They didn't bicker over the radio. He continued to make wise decisions of adjustments and when to put tires on. And in the end, here came seven-time champion back into the fray. And I really believe that it's hard to believe that someone like Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss can lose, you know, learn a new trick. But they've learned one. Yeah. And through the summer, as the cars get better, look out. Because if they keep this sort of patience with good race cars, DJ, I expect Jimmy Johnson to win races again and to win multiple times in 2018. Yeah, and we need that to happen. I mean, we need Jimmy Johnson. The sport needs Jimmy Johnson to be up there with a chance to win this eighth championship. Just have an opportunity to do that. I'm... I'm optimistic, and I want it to happen because I think Jimmy Johnson is great. He's great for the sport. I need to see them make these adjustments and do these things on some of the bigger racetracks, and hopefully they're learning what they have to do. But that's a great point that you made, that you know you go through this, and sometimes you just have to make changes, that, and, and they're doing that, and Jimmy Johnson has changed the way that he's gone about and approached these races, but he was super aggressive at the end of that the other night to get that finish. Well, we've seen it in baseball, right? An aging fastball pitcher has to learn to have a different yeah, pitch. that's right. Because your 98-mile-an-hour fastball, when it turns into 95, they make a whole lot more connection, <laughs> and those end up in the bleachers. And I think that's what Jimmy's learning to do. It, it's just we've seen a tremendous amount of mistakes and overdriving out of Jimmy Johnson in the last 15 races. He's wrecked more race cars than either yeah. of us have ever seen. But there is something about the air of confidence even being a lap down. That is what makes me think that Jimmy Johnson is on the right track. Not to mention, his teammates are running well. We already talked about Chase Elliott, but when I look at William Byron, a young man that, I know this is going to sound silly, but I don't care where he finishes. What William Byron needs to do is run towards the front, run with the guys to get some experience. I liked what I saw to William Byron in Richmond. I know he had a speeding penalty that really killed his finish, but we're starting to see him race up front. And that's what he needs to do to, to try to improve. Yeah, I was really impressed with Byron. He ran up inside the top five, did all the things, made some really good passes. You can set him, watch him setting these passes up. And, and for a young man that doesn't have what we would call a tremendous amount of racing experience, especially not in these cars, he did a great job. And I think he had a little contact late in the race uh, with Joey Logano, and, and that hurt him, got him outside the top ten. But he did an outstanding job. And I think that Hendrick Motorsports is going to benefit everybody there with all of those drivers and cars starting to run better because that's the only way. When when you're not doing well and nobody's really having a good day, it's hard to go into those meetings and say, this is a direction that we need to go. But as everybody's able to have input because they run better, then they're going to be uh, stepping up the, the ladder a little bit more and they're going to get these new Chevrolets figured out and, and be a part of the fray. Input in clean runs. Yes. You know, when, when you run back, I know it's hard for the fans to understand, but from 15th to 25th, you learn nothing. Yeah. Because it's an aerodynamic disaster. You don't know how your car's <laughs> driving. You have to get up inside the top 10, inside the top 5. And then, Carolyn, you can then go back on Tuesday and say, you know what we needed was a little more front grip or rear grip or at least give your crew chief a direction for the next race. I was telling Steve and DJ that I almost put Jimmy Johnson in my fantasy lineup at Bristol, but then I pulled him out at the last second. It was a gut feeling. <laughs> but now that you're telling me this, I feel like maybe there's some hope for the future. Let's uh, show you the updated standings in our NASCAR Fantasy Live NBC Sports League. Among all of our broadcasters, Rick Allen remains on top. Dustin Long making a charge. Dale Jr. certainly holding his own there. Never too late to join. Three weeks down. Still another seven to go. And as for the people joining on the show today, Steve's doing fine. DJ and I, I I look at this as a positive, DJ, because I think after week one, I was ranked like 3,000th overall. So I am slowly <laughs> figuring it out and climbing my way up. What, what say you about where you stand? 
I'm obviously not very good at this uh, is the main thing. I'm going to have to get into and watch a race live is the problem. Uh, following my son, Zach, and, and then me being on the golf course, I haven't been able to make the adjustments that I need to. That's my excuse. All okay. I'm lacking is bonus picks. My fantasy lineup has done pretty good, but I can't pick a stage winner to save my life. Listen, <laughs> if there's any time to get risky, I think, I know we disagree on this, Steve, I think it's Talladega. Like, I think I can make up some serious uh-huh. ground this weekend. By the way, um, just one other thing we want to remind you of, aside from making sure you're on top of your fantasy stuff this weekend, if you happen to be a part of De Burrito Nation, you're going to want to watch tomorrow's NASCAR America. Matt Benedetto, who finished 16th on Saturday at Richmond, is going to be our special guest, and he's going to reveal his Darlington throwback paint scheme as well. So make sure you tune in for that tomorrow at 5 Eastern. Matt Benedetto going to be with us. Tonight, two teams look to close out. Two teams hope to force a Game 7. Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and the Boston Bruins can move on with a win tonight in Toronto. NHL Live gets underway at 6.30 Eastern. Meanwhile, Alex Ovechkin and the Caps can punch their ticket to Round 2 with a Game 6 win in Columbus. That one comes your way at 7.30 p.m. over on CNBC. We're looking forward to both. Thank you, Liam. So last week, Kyle Busch was a guest on the Dale Jr. Download. You may have heard we had it on the show. The two drivers hashing out what happened at Richmond from 10 years ago. And after winning on Saturday night, we saw Busch head into the stands to celebrate with his fans. Here he is with Dave Burns afterwards. Earlier this week, you bury the hatchet with Jr. It was all about this race, or that's kind of where it started, but it was about many other things. Did it play into it at all? Am I making too much out of that? No, it, I don't think that. I didn't have anything to do with tonight. <laughs> I didn't think of that one time until now. But, um, you know, certainly it was um, a unique experience for me. I've never gone into the crowd before, and I went up into the crowd, and I was about ready to get uh, um, get hugged and held onto and not let out by all my 18 fans sitting over there by the gate. So um, that was pretty cool to see all of them out here and uh, Rowdy Nation being strong here in Richmond. And, um, you know, this was a place 10 years ago that was not so easy to get out of. (laughs) So, Steve, let's say that you take the Dale Jr. download out of it for just a second. I'm not sure I'm buying it, but let's say that that wasn't a part of it. Am I crazy here to think that we're seeing a more concerted effort from Kyle Busch to be a little bit more interactive, a little bit friendlier on social and, and in the stands? I think that's fair. You see him signing fan stuff in the infield kind of by chance. We'll stop at a campground and sign a flag or a stand-up. You saw him going to the stands on Saturday night. And, DJ, I think, you know, a lot has been made about this young up-and-coming stars and the vacuum or the ability to find new fans because Dale Jr.'s left the sport. Jimmy Johnson, uh, Tony Stewart, everybody said – or, excuse me, not Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon. You know, who who are all these fans going to turn to? And we keep looking at the younger drivers. Perhaps we've overlooked the older drivers. Perhaps Kyle Busch saw an opportunity, someone who, as we mentioned, already won 46 races. I didn't think about building their own fan base, but I think he's doing a nice job of growing his own fan base. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I think what we're seeing, in my opinion, is a more mature Kyle Busch. And, but he's winning, and we're seeing this stuff happen. <laughs> we're all great whenever you're winning. You know, Every competitor is that. So, as I'm going to say, I think he certainly is changing. As you pointed out, I think he sees a great opportunity right here but I'm going to caution you just – I'm not standing here saying that whenever he has a bad day and a microphone's put in his face that he might not want to talk, and I'm perfectly good with that. Uh, I, I totally understand that. As a competitor, there's just sometimes you don't want to do that. But I think that he's doing all the right things right at this moment, and I like what I'm seeing. One thing, though, I've learned – 
if you make fans in the good times, they might stick with you That's in the right. bad times. Yeah. So maybe he could take his new legion of fans through the dips and the valleys of the season. I think we would have to see some graciousness in defeat. I can't believe that it would be possible for a villain of his caliber to actually get on the good side of Junior Nation, but you never know. That's it for NASCAR America. For all your NASCAR news, you can always log on to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR. We are back tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern. The Stanley Cup playoffs are next. Can the Maple Leafs win and force game seven against the Bruins? NHL Live gets things started right now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.